0: Yo, 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 welcome back to another episode of On Spot Sports. And before we get to our guest today, we have a big shout out front for Living sisu Living CSU is a platform and app that wants to give you all the tools to have success in your sport. Their main objective is to activate your lifestyle. So for active it's for active people, enjoy discounts at at companies like Biosteel, 30% off, Body Logics, the Goalie Guild, all his books are discounted. Roan, lululemon for men. 20% off online stretching programs with eccentrics one full month free. They got super silent massage guns, 20% off those. And it's a great quality. It's way less expensive than a Theragun and it's a great, it's great quality. So there's so many more discounts that you guys will need to just become a member to see. So they want to provide you with anything you need for success. So come join the community. I'm part of it. A bunch of other athletes are a part of it so it's free to join it takes 20 seconds to have it, to get exclusive offers to your sport and it's definitely worth worth it so do do us a huge favor and go sign up for Living CSU's membership it's free 20 takes 20 seconds so go do it and we'll see you there Living CSU is a great company we uh we know one of the co-founders Zach Fercali he's a great guy he uh He's the co-founder, and he does a lot of live streams on Instagram at uh, at Living Sisu and with a bunch of elite athletes. And you learn a lot from like the athlete's determination, the resiliency, everything, to what me- made them become successful. So it's been a great experience so far. So go on. I'm going to leave uh, the link in the description. So uh, go sign up. Oh, Welcome back to another episode of Honest About Sports. I'm Jack, and today's episode we are joined by a very special guest, current professional hockey player Nick Schaus. Nick is currently playing with the Norfolk Admirals in the East Coast Hockey League in his 12th pro season. Prior to turning pro, Nick spent time playing junior hockey in the United States Hockey League with the River City and Omaha Lancers and spent four years of NCAA Division I college hockey at UMass Lowell before turning pro. So this is going to be a really fun episode, Nick. So welcome to the show, Nick Schaus. Hey guys, thanks for having me. Um,
1: looking forward to having a chat with you and uh, getting into
0: some fun questions. Yeah, absolutely. I, I appreciate you uh, picking up the phone when I messaged you to uh, come on the show. And like, I know you have a lot of like, you have like your own development pro, pro Instagram like for hockey and all that. So I'm glad to, uh, glad to get you on talk your career as well as developing for for younger hockey players. Without a doubt, yeah. Um, you know, been doing
1: the hockey, uh, been playing hockey my whole life and, um, lucky enough to have been playing, uh, got to play in some really cool places and, uh, play with some great players and, um, you know, it's always been, uh, a passion of mine to give back to the game. And, uh, so that's kind of what's, uh, led me to, you know, um, working with some younger players, some, uh, some junior kids. And uh, I have some pro players I work with also. So uh, we kind of, you know, touch all the, the different bases, so to speak of, um, you know, uh, working with, uh, you know, every different athlete, regardless of what, uh, you know, level you're at, you know, you can always get better and um, uh, improve on your skills and your game and your
0: passion for the sport. Yeah, a- absolutely. I-, I love that. So like to start things off, like what got you into hockey and like how old were you when you first put on the skates?
1: Yeah, so um, uh, originally from Buffalo, New York. So obviously, uh, you know, it's a it's a huge hockey city. But um, initially, um, uh, I think it was my uncle and I, I started playing baseball first, really. And that was the first sport that I played and um, um, really enjoyed that. And I think maybe someone bought me like a pair of roller skates for my birthday one year, you know, so then I, I got, got the roller skates going and was playing some street hockey with uh, just kids in my neighborhood. And, um, you know, be I think my mom um, took me to the locals, you know, the, the ice rink at the time had a, a pro shop in there and we were just looking for some, like some hockey stuff, you know, um, you know, from, for outside really. And, uh, and they, you know, she saw the, like, sign up to play hockey thing and uh, signed me up and and off I went. Um, so, yeah, um, you know, not necessarily your, your, your story of, you know, the old man played hockey or um, there was any, like, connection
0: there. But, um, yeah, I was kind of the first in my family to, to pick it up. Yeah that, that, that's awesome especially like when you're when you like get started and everything you're just playing street hockey with like your friends after school you just go right home and just start playing playing hockey till till you have to go unfortunately do your homework and all that but like yeah. just did you have like a memory that really like sticks out to you when you were playing like street hockey youth hockey that just really like grew your love for the game? Um You know, I think that what grew my love for the game, the biggest
1: was, you know, uh, at the time that the Buffalo Sabres were, uh, you know, kind of in the basement of the NHL and um, this was the tickets rate. We were able to get tickets pretty easily. And um, I went to a lot of games like every every week I would go to game, you know, with uh, my parents and, um, you know, being able to back then you could go down. Um, down by where the players would come, literally come out of the locker room, you know, yeah. and uh, give them high fives and that. So it was pretty sweet, and uh, I think just seeing uh, seeing guys like up close and being able to, um, you know, to see them and and you know what what the atmosphere is like at NHL games and um, you know how cool that is, and uh, you know that definitely was the spark that um, you know kind of crew inside me to to get me to um
0: you know just want to compete and and play the game yeah did you have any like idols that you grew up watching especially like on that Sabres team when you were growing up uh yeah there's a few guys like uh Dale Howard was one guy that
1: was like a really you know big figure with our team in Buffalo Alexander Mogilny Pat LaFontaine Jason Daw um Dominic Hashik, Alexi Jitnik. So there was uh, uh, quite a few, you know, good players that would come, you know, that played in Buffalo at the time and, you know, really, uh, you know, drove the, the city to be, you know, excited about the game.
0: Yeah, that, that's awesome. Like, did, were you always playing on being a defenseman or did you like switch around between like four defensemen? I know some people play goalie at, at a time. Like, did you, did you always have like a passion for playing, for playing defense? Um, I think
1: for me, it was, you know, uh, I, I was a good skater, so I could skate backwards too. And, uh, so the coach just kind of, you know, kind of used me as a defenseman when we got to, when we got to squirt, you know, and, um, I enjoyed it. Like I like, I like playing D and, um, you know, being able to rush the puck at times, our coaches were pretty, um, you know forward thinking and that's in that aspect where you know at the time back then like most of the defensemen would just kind of get up and stand at the blue line and didn't really have any involvement in the offense and um, you know so that was fun like we had a really good group of players and um, a lot of players that I grew up playing with went on to have you know great careers themselves and playing the NHL um, playing division one college hockey and um, you know really uh, really you know that that group of kids that I grew up playing with was a special one for sure.
0: Yeah, that, that's awesome. So then you experience all this you grew throughout youth hockey and all that, you go into AAA with the Buffalo Sa- with the Buffalo Saints 15U team before you go before you go into the USHL. It's like what was that development like especially going from like when you started youth hockey and going up the ranks all the way up in uh, in a AAA?
1: Yeah, I think um, for a lot of players, you know like and when you're that age, it's a lot of it's um, physical maturity, you know? So the kids that are, um, you know, 14, 15, 16, that you see that are a little bit bigger, stronger, they're just a little bit more developed. And some kids it takes a little bit longer, you know, to to be able to have the those, you know, physical attributes to be able to handle or withstand like the, the amount of games you're gonna play, the amount of practice you're gonna do. Um, so for me I was a little bit lucky I was a little bit ahead of that curve where um physically I was you know pretty much you know close to there and um you know I got the invite back then there was no internet stuff there was no like you know Instagram or or TikTok where you could like you know do the research on this stuff like literally you'd get like an a, a letter in the mail like inviting you to um you know out to Lincoln Stars Camp or uh out to you know I remember I got one from maybe like Billings Montana you know the Billings or yeah. something like that you know and I'm like I don't know what any of this stuff is but we got one from Omaha I got an invite from Omaha too and like you, you know theirs was really impressive at the time like it, you know I had a lot of pictures and uh they had won some championships so I was like well they must be a pretty good team right so it must be pretty legit yeah, they must be legit. So um I got my dad got me a plane ticket, went out to the camp, and uh yeah, I don't know, just was like running around hitting guys and you know, trying to act like I belonged there. And um, you know, we had a veteran group of D, like we had Matt Carl who went on to play, you know, 10 years, I think, in the NHL, like won a cup. We had uh we had, you know, every single one of our like two of our guys like went to the university of Michigan when it was going to Ohio state, like we were loaded, you know, like we had Paul Sasney on our team, like, um, Jeff Lavecchio, like guys that are, that were solid players, you know? And, um, so like, it was a learning curve for sure. Just, you know, getting, you know, learning what it takes to be a hockey player day in and day out, you know, like I think for a lot of the younger players, they don't really realize like, this is like, when you go to play junior hockey, you know, Like it's a, it's a grind. Like you're, you're, you're practicing every day, you're playing on weekends, like you're riding the bus everywhere. And, um, mentally like that takes, can take a toll on like younger, you know, teens that are just getting into that. But, um, yeah, so lucky enough to, uh, made that team and, uh, you know, not really knowing like what was, what was all going on, but, um, Yeah. We uh, we had an awesome group of guys there, and I learned a ton and got to play for Mike Hastings, who's like the winningest coach of ever in the USHL, and now coaches at uh, Mankato State. And you know, I th- I think they've had like two or three Frozen Four appearances, yeah. past number of years. So um, yeah, pretty sweet. Yeah,
0: yeah. So then you go into your first year of juniors, where you're playing in sixty games, so you get in pretty much every game right away. It's like what was that learning curve, especially like when you're not like getting healthy scratch and learn and having to like sit and learn, but like you're actually in game action and you have to learn on the fly?
1: Yeah. Um, you know, I think it comes down to like your coach and how they are gonna, you know, work with you through that stuff. And I was lucky to have our assistant coach was Jimmy McGroordy, who um I think he's I think he right now he's the general manager in Muskegon. Um, but you know was an up and coming coach at the time. And, um, you know, was just willing to like work with all of us, like would, you know, do a little, like, would you get, take video of you get the video and let back then it was the, B, the the VCR, you know, so he's like stopping yeah. and starting and like, we're just like trying to figure out, you know, who's, who's who on the screen. But, um, yeah, just, you know, having somebody, you know, have your back and want to see you be successful and, you know, just taking the time to get to know you and, work with you was, you know, uh, it was huge for, for all of us that, you know, uh, that worked with him, you know, and had him as a D coach at the time, but, you know, obviously he went on to do amazing things as a coach and coach in the USHL and, um, you know, has his son, his son Rutgers currently at the university of Michigan this year and was the first round pick this year. So, um, yeah, having guys like Jimmy or, or coach Hastings around is, uh, you know, was, I was lucky to have that for sure
0: yeah and just having those guys that are have like good resources and like have know the game really well like it also helps and like it it just shows like how how long ago it was with the vcr and all, everything now you have like all the instagram tiktoks like you could literally learn on youtube right within like your fingertips and where you you used to be able to just like have to just to, it, it it would be a process to to do everything
1: oh yeah oh yeah totally different that's exactly right
0: Oh, yeah absolutely but then you go into your second year at in river city at the time when they were river city and you played 50 used 57 57 games 13 points like what was that second year like and just being able to learn from your first year and just experience everything you did before going into your third and fourth year
1: yeah i mean uh you know anytime you have experience in coming into a year but that year was tough i hurt my knee that year and uh it was kind of a setback you know like I was uh I was you know talking to some bigger big schools and um you know just uh, I was hoping to maybe go that year or the year after and it just didn't end up working out you know like uh but that's kind of you know what happens in hockey you know like injuries happen and adversity comes your way and um you know so that was kind of the start of be understanding okay like if i want to be a hockey player like you know i gotta you know rehab my knee and like get myself back into, uh, uh you know the player that i i know i am you know so
0: yeah and like if you're going if you're playing a competitive sport there's no there's not going to be just just rainbows and go uphill like there's going to be roads and balances and like every which way you have to go and face adversities like what what was that rehab process like? And just to get like your confidence back. Yeah. It took a while, you know, because at the
1: time, when you're a younger player or younger guy, like, you know, you kind of feel that invincible kind of, you know, you have that inside of you where, you know, like uh, you and mentally, you know, you can do it and, and you have the capacity to do it. It's just that um, when you have an injury, it's an injury and you have yeah. to, you know, take the time away from whatever you're doing to chill out and, um, you know, manage that. So, um, yeah, it was, uh, it was tr- a little tricky at the time. I can't be, I can't lie, you know, so, um, but uh, definitely, it definitely made me stronger, you know, and definitely um, going forward from there without a doubt.
0: Yeah. So then you go into, after that year, you go into your third and fourth year where you're se- your fourth year in juniors, you were named assistant captain. So like, what was it like to take on like that leadership role, especially as you get older and then you learn and mature as a person, as well as being you know, a becoming uh, a leader in the room. Yeah, I mean, I think
1: leadership starts with how you do things, you know. And um, you know, if you take any any leader that has been um, successful or 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 people respect, um, it it always comes down to the amount of work that they're willing to put in. Um, day in and day out to set a standard and a tone to the group you know and um that's where you know like because i've been in the league for a few years i understood what it you know what it what it takes to be a good player in that league and um you know we made it to we made it to uh the clark Cup finals my first year so um being able to see guys like matt carl and and uh you know Staz and uh, Lebecchio, and you know just have guys like that around. Like our culture was strong, so you know when new guys came in, like you know right away we're just like this is how we do things, and like this are our standards. And um, some guys did well, you know, and and thrived in that, and other guys, you know, moved on to other places. But um, that's just the uh, the name of the game and in, in in the in the U show as they call it today.
0: oh yeah i I feel like as you have like those leaders like like vex and stazzy and carlo and all that like you are able to it's a lot it's a lot easier to learn from them and especially like as since they are big leaders and just when you step in that role it's like a lot easier to to follow instead of just having to just like think of think of stuff of your of your own but like if you have a come up like that like it's so much easier to just step in step in the reins like that yeah yeah so um yeah, it was fun. Like I loved
1: my time in Omaha, and um, you know, was able to accomplish a lot, and um, you know, really enjoyed my time in Omaha. And
0: still talk to a lot of those guys today, which is awesome. Yeah, that that's awesome. So then, you after your junior career comes to a close, you go the NCAA Division One route with uh, UMass Lowell. So, what went in choosing Lowell to be your school? Um. Yeah, so you know, at the time like I I
1: had talked to and gone to vis gone on visits to a number of schools and um yeah, just none of the places really like felt like it was a good necessarily fit for for me. And um, you know, when I went to Lowell, um, I had known Blaze, who was our coach, because he coached at Niagara and uh, had some people in Buffalo, you know, and, and around. Western New York that knew Blaze and, you know, how he did things. And, um, yeah, I really, really liked Blaze and, like, you know, where he was he, – he saw the program heading. And, um, you know, our recruiting class was, was a big class. We had, like, 10 or 11 guys. But the thing was, like – and this is one of the things that I think a lot of players maybe miss the mark on um, is that, you know, like I got to play, you know – Power play, everything yeah. penalty kill, everything from the time I stepped on campus, you know. So, um, whereas like I have buddies and friends that I played with that, um, you know, took them till their junior year to really even see the ice. So, um, for 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 me, being able to play minutes and get that experience was was invaluable for sure.
0: Yeah, and like just seeing like every every situation, every scenario from power play time to penalty kill time, just to like more special teams and all that like five on five like you just gain a lot from that and like you just soak everything in because you have to learn like right away and you're just getting thrown in all these situations that you have to you have to fight for yourself and figure it out Mm -hmm. yeah yeah that's right yeah yeah so like what were those four years like for you especially with like balancing school social life and hockey
1: yeah I mean it's the same as you know you talk about um you know being a first-year guy and playing junior hockey, you yeah. know, you learn as you go. So, um, you know, my freshman and sophomore year was, you know, um, just trying to manage all of it and trying to make sure that like, I'm not forgetting to do certain things. And then, as you know, um, you become a junior and senior, you kind of you know your way around campus. You know, you know, like how to, you know, what the teachers are expecting. You know what the this what the a day-to-day life is like. So. It just becomes more routine really and um you know just easier to easier to get done what you need to get done and being able to manage your time um so that you're able to be you know focused on hockey but at, you know whatever it is that you're you're studying too
0: yeah absolutely because you're going in for both academics and hockey as well so like you just got to find that find that balance and then you throw in the social stuff too it's like it, that first year is, is probably really rough, especially like we're trying to figure everything out and trying to get a routine and everything. So like, how did you like get become or get a good like routine going that you, you're not like, like not doing work or anything and just you're being able to go to practice on time, get all your schoolwork done on time and everything else
1: yeah I I think that's just you know it's easier where obviously like if you're a student athlete you're going to get to pick your classes earlier so that you can fit into your schedule and then the coaches obviously will work will work with you too to um you know make sure that if you're having some some problems here or there or you need a little extra help they'll they'll give they'll provide that too but um yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it, I would say, like, for the traditional school system, you know, like, I enjoyed college more because, like, I wouldn't have to necessarily be there all day. Like, when we were in yeah. June, when I played in Omaha, that was a nice thing about it, too, was, um, you know, I only went to school for my core classes that I had to take that were to be eligible for NCAA, you know, whereas, like, yeah. so I was able to get out earlier, go to, go to practice and, and be with the team.
0: Yeah, and yeah, that's uh, that's at least good that you're able to do that. So then you go in from you go in from the U show to division one. So Like, what was the biggest transition that you noticed from going from a tier one junior program to it like the top of the top uh college program?
1: Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say there was a it was that big of a jump. Um, the biggest the biggest thing is maybe just like the strength strength and size and of some of the guys. But, um, I mean, I mean if you look at most division one teams, there's only so many scholarships that go around, you know? So yeah, like it's going to be, maybe you you have your top two lines that are scholarship players that are, you know, solid division one players and some of the third, fourth liners, you know, like, um, they're working for it a little bit harder, you know, um, and they're not going to get the opportunity maybe, or they're not going to, you know, they're going to, the coach is going to maybe, change the system depending upon like what he's who's out there so um yeah I think for any player like having um being around other talented players makes it easier for sure
0: yeah absolutely so then so your first two years are like a growing and developing year and then you go into your third and fourth year where you really start to like look at like playing professionally maybe it's like what were those last two years like and did you did you think about playing pro before that or were you just like just going with the flow and if it comes it comes
1: yeah um you know like I knew I knew a lot of guys that um that I played you know with and against growing up and through juniors and through college so like even when I was a freshman sophomore like I saw the guys that were getting NHL contracts or getting to play in the American League you know so Um, you you can kind of, like, evaluate yourself a little bit depending upon, like, what these other guys are doing, their numbers, and, like, what type of players that they are. So um, for me, it was just – it just came down to, like, you know, the last couple years of college, committing myself to, you know, at least giving it a shot and trying to, like, put myself in a good situation, um, you know, once once that was finished. So um, I think, like, when I – I don't – I think I was – last year junior like I interviewed for with a few NHL teams um, for the draft and just didn't end up getting selected but um, I knew I was like close and on the radar of some um, some teams so um, I had a family advisor and you know you know he he was also helping to push some of that some of that along um, named Peter Fish who represented like you know represents a lot of NHL guys actually and represented Jack Keichel um so you know having that that assist, that support group around me yeah. um really you know helped help that but obviously it still comes down to your performance on the ice and i know as like as our you know the class that i came in with matured my junior and senior year like we were a pretty good team you know like we were we were up there in hockey east rankings and you know if we had maybe won or won a couple more games, we definitely would have been a tournament team too, you know. So um, I think my junior year, we lost one nothing to BU in, yeah. in hockey's finals, and they went on to win the national championship that year. So, I mean, like, we, we were solid, you know, like, uh, we were really solid. Both of our goalies went. you know, Carter Hutton played in the NHL, just retired, Nevin Hamilton was like a hockey East all-star I think and played you know for the Providence Bruins for a while so we were we were a solid team.
0: Yeah like that it also it always helps when you guys have a solid team especially like when you are looking for looking at teams and just being able to like grow the program even more than when you started from like when, when you started where you're where you're at now like the program has grown a ton so it's good it's always good to see that as well.
1: Yeah, no, definitely. Like I have a guy, we have a guy on our, my team here, uh, Kenny Hausinger who played at Lowell after I did, you know, but um, you know, that, um, that bond is, is there, you know, and, and it yeah. is with all of us, the guys that played there. And um, you know, I think like uh, I think Norm Bazin, the head coach is doing a, a fabulous job with the group and um, you know, excited to
0: see how things play out for them this year yeah absolutely so then after your senior year came to a close you signed uh signed the rest of the year with the Worcester Sharks in the American League where you played in four 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 games with three assists like what, what was that first step in the step in the door for professional hockey and playing it at the American level
1: Oh, it was great. Yeah. Like uh, the, literally the day after I finished Charlotte, we we finished, uh, we lost in the playoffs to Maine up in Orono. And the next morning, you know, I, you know, I was kind of disappointed because I was like, shoot, this is the end of the road, you know, with like yeah. with our team. And I got a phone call and, you know, we had a couple discussions with a few teams and decided to go with San Jose. And um, that, you know, the, that first like week or so was just like, you know, um, was just a really great time. You know, it's a lot of fun to to be able to, you know, put a visor back on and, uh, and uh, you know, be able to play some games with uh, with the Sharks. So it was sweet.
0: Yeah, so then you stay with the Sharks for that next year where you played in 77 games, getting four goals, 15 assists for 19 points. So what was it like getting your first professional goal?
1: Um.
0: Yeah, it actually took a little longer than I was expecting.
1: I was like, you know, I remember being like, come on, I got to get a goal here soon, you know. And uh yeah. I remember I was playing with uh John, Jonathan Chichu, who you might remember. He was yeah. like, uh, you know, at the time he was uh had been coming off like an injury and was getting himself like trying to give it another shot to NHL and I remember he comes in the zone fakes a, sh- fakes a shot, you know, goalie bites and he comes down the net and I come down the slot, get the pass and beat the goalie, uh, low glove. And, um, yeah, it was, uh, it was awesome. You know, super cool to score your first goal. I think everyone remembers their first goal. Um, but I actually scored it on Jonas Enroth who actually became a friend of mine later because he played for Buffalo for yeah. years and, uh, we skated together a lot in the summers. So I always had, I always had that in the back i actually scored on him again later too (laughs) later on later on maybe the next year or something but uh yeah um yeah definitely cool
0: yeah that that makes it even even cooler when you're skating with with the guy that you scored on you can always throw that throw that at chirp at him when you're training with him over the summer and being like i I scored my first pro goal on you oh yeah Yeah, those those are the best times. But you spent that that year with Worcester again. So, like, what was that first full year of of professional hockey like, and what were some of the biggest things you learned from that experience?
1: Yeah, um, it was an adjustment period for sure. You know, coming from college where you're with like you know guys that you played with for you know four years, yeah, um, to you know all new faces and now. You know there's like there's money on the line and people uh, you know have all come in from different spots being drafted signed so um you know uh, making friends and finding like your niche is definitely um you know takes a little bit of like extra work whereas like in college everything in juniors everything is kind of in front of you um and it, it just comes to comes together differently. Yeah, I think like when you become pro, it takes a little bit more work and you have to, um, you know, hold yourself to a high standard every single day, you know, because every single day people are evaluating you and, you know, they want to see you at your best. Um, so, uh, just, you know, developing that mindset and understanding, okay, like, um, you know what your routine is and what kind of player that you are and um what you bring and what you can bring um is definitely i think the biggest learning curve that goes on
0: yeah and you're, you're playing the the game for for money now and your job isn't like there's no job security or anything like you can be released uh sent down to the coast and in a day or or in a couple hours like there's no like real like job security that so you have to you have to go in and perform every single day
1: Mm -hmm. that's right
0: yeah so then the following year is where you get like a a little reality check with professional hockey where you're playing you played 45 games in the AHL with the Syracuse Crunch and then you also played 10 games in the coast with the Elmira Jackals like what was that reality of professional hockey like especially when you can get sent down and and or sent up literally at any time
1: yeah i mean um you know you learn it because it's the it's the business of it where um, even if you might be a better player than another guy you know if a team is invested in a player or has you know it's a draft pick or they want to they want to see what this guy can do they're going to get um they're going to get that opportunity so it's up to you to kind of um, work through that and, and try to, you know, um, just understand that sometimes like it takes a little bit longer, you know, to get where you want to go. Um, and some guys, you know, for them, that's not what they want to do. And they decide to, to hang up the skates and some guys continue to push on. And, um, I'm sure, you know, you and I both could talk about some players that, um, you know, you were probably like, this guy started in, you know, that's phl and made it to the NHL, yeah. you know like so um where or, or there's guys that are first round draft picks that never play a game in the nhl you know so yeah. um every it's everywhere in between and it's just it, it's kind of like you know if you want to stick with it and you and you have a goal and you have a dream that's what's gonna drive you to continue to play hockey or play any sport or do anything in life or not
0: yeah, it's uh, it's definitely tough when you could be sent down, traded, release at any time, but you it's part of part of the job and it's part of the business side side of things. It's like, what was your mindset like when you did get sent down from Syracuse to Elmira? Um, you know, at the time, like it was fine because,
1: um, you know, I was excited to play. I just wanted to get in games and like, yeah. you know. Um, prove myself so I just took that as an opportunity to do that where um, some guys you know they take it the other way where they're like I shouldn't be here and um, they get frustrated I just took it as like okay if I'm gonna you know whatever game whatever team I'm playing for I'm just gonna try to do the best that I can and let the chips fall where they may so um, that's that was kind of my mindset going into it and you know there was a lot of guys on that team in Elmire that I knew from um, you know, college and junior and stuff. So they had a good group of guys. We actually had a guy, Craig Reve was on our team and he was like at the end of his career um, and was waiting or just trying to get a green card um, together with his wife. So he was playing and uh, I just remember this guy was just a beauty, like just a great guy I would sit in the back of the bus and just tell stories and um, just, you know, just a great, great pro and, and you know he still lives in buffalo too and whenever i'm in town i always make it make a point to try to connect with him
0: yeah and that, that that's awesome especially like when you have guys that are at like the end of their career and like they're there to just tell stories like get the get the boys going like they he knows where where he's at at his career and he just wants to help all the guys coming in to really like get that experience and like enjoy the the love of playing professional hockey
1: yeah yeah for sure yeah, so like you know, I think um, when you're in the American League, everyone is trying to get to NHL, right? Because yeah. you're so you're close, you're you just one phone call away. And in the in the coast, it's not necessarily like that, so the vibe is a little bit different among the team. And um, uh, the guys actually like they stick to. I think they stick together, you know, um, more because they're you're going through. Uh, you you're you're not necessarily where you want to be. So if you want to get to the American League, it's going to happen through your teammates and your team, you know, doing well together.
0: Yeah, exactly. Everyone knows who everyone's going through the same thing. They want to keep going up, but they they just got to, everyone's got to work together to get that opportunity for sure. For sure. Yeah. But then you go into that, that next year with uh, Norfolk admirals when they're in the American league. And then also you play for 26 games with the four wing comments in the, in the coast. So like, what was that year like, especially since you end up back in Norfolk a couple like six, seven years later.
1: Yeah, um, like well, Norfolk, we came. I came here because I was in Syracuse, and it was with the Ducks organization. And um, so the next year, you know, like we were gonna move. We moved to Norfolk, and then Norfolk, which is Tampa's organization, moved to Syracuse. So we just flip flopped. Yeah. But um, I really liked the coach Trendyani that I was playing for in Syracuse. It just that that, that year you know, in Syracuse, there was a lot of guys and I just wasn't going to get that, that, that shot. But, um, I was hopeful that in Norfolk, you know, that I was going to get a little more opportunity, you know, and, um, we had a, you know, good group, a good team, good group of guys, which I really liked playing with, you know? Um, so, um, but unfortunately that year was the NHL, they had the NHL lockout. So, um, the lockout happened and we get to Norfolk and like, there's like 40 guys like out there, you know, you got all the NHL guys that have less than like 150 games. You got like just everybody and everyone and anybody was like at these camps. Like
0: it was yeah. unbelievable. So after your last year in the American league in the, in the East coast hockey league, you went on to play six years overseas and travel around, around the country playing in where you played pretty much everywhere, Norway the Dell, the E-Belt, Czech, the KHL in China, Czech Republic. So, like, what were those six years like for you in traveling around Europe since you saw a lot of hockey in a lot of places during that time?
1: Uh, yeah, so um, I remember, you know, being home. I had a couple of calls, I think, at the time from uh, Providence, the Bruins, and um, forget there was another team, too. Maybe, maybe it was the Devils that were interested in, having me camp but you know following up that year that was the lockout season where I was kind of up and down and um, you know felt like I, I should you know maybe have gotten more of a chance um, coming in but you know obviously with the lockout things are what they were so um, I was just kind of looking to you know reestablish myself and just play and just be like on in one team and um, just have a good season so um, I had, I had friends that had played in Europe a little bit, like, uh, it was kind of, uh, new to me and, um, a friend of mine had signed, uh, this is late in the summer. So typically like signings in Europe happen, you know, um, earlier on in the summer, like May and June. Yeah. And, um, so uh, this was kind of, we are pushing like early September and, um, So there wasn't really a lot out there, but I got this call from, um, an agent that contacted me and, um, it was for a team in Norway. So I guess the team, what I've already said was a good place, good place to play and ended up going there. First day I get there, uh, you know, bring my luggage and all this stuff. They put me in like this, uh, this, this house, you know, beautiful little like house with like mountain view and like, this looks like picturesque kind of place, you know? And I'm like, this is awesome. Like, it's a great, like, brand rink, you know, like, it was a few imports. So I felt pretty good. And they're like, okay, like, uh, we have this, uh, we have like this, like, this test scheduled. And I was like, okay, you know, like, I, you know, I trained in the summer. So I was like, all right, that. Yeah. And they're like, the test is we're going to take a boat ride, we're going to take a ferry into the fjords. And the fjords are like kind of like a waterway, like with mountains on both sides. So we take this ferry. With the whole team for like, you know, 30, 40 minute ride, you know, the ride was great. And so we get to this, this side of this mountain and there's just this staircase going up this mountain and the mountain is huge, like it's straight up. And I, so they put us in line. All the, all the Norwegians went first because they all knew what, like what this was and all the imports went last. So they, they spaced us out like every 15 minutes. And it took 45 minutes to get to the top. So you're go running stairs this entire time for 45 minutes. Gosh. And <laughs> this is my first day, right? So I'm like, oh my gosh. So we get to the top and then like our owner, uh, his name is Torre. He, uh, he had a helicopter. So he's like, he was helicoptering all of us down, back down to the bottom, like periodically. So like, as you're running up, this helicopter is like cruising down and like, it's just like wooden stairs, you know, and, and yeah. then like look back and it's straight down. You're like, holy man, this is like pretty tense. So we finished that and uh, we went to his house and had a great day and it was a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, that season was great. Like a lot of Norwegian uh, national team players, um, some guys that, you know, had really, you know, really good careers in Europe that were on that team. And we ended up um they were they were a team that had won a couple championships but we got to the playoffs and we actually played against my buddy my buddy's team in Lillehammer Jeff Levecchio's team and we were down in the series we ended up uh coming back and winning the series uh in game six so um yeah it was uh that was a, a great season ended up finishing uh got MVP of the playoffs and uh but you know still in that season I got hurt too I got I broke uh my tibia the first, the first preseason game. So I was out like the first month of the year. Um, Had to rehab that and come back and, um, but yeah, great year. And um, you know, that team was awesome. Uh, Nothing but great things to say about that place. Um, And then um, got a call in the summer um, from uh, another, you know, team that had a player that had played for that team in Germany. So I ended up going to Germany and playing there for Wolfsburg um another you know really good established organization and uh we had a lot of you know really good imports that played uh played on that team also and we ended up playing we ended up finishing uh, i think we lost in the semifinals to Saul's no to Mannheim Mannheim at the time and when and uh they had you know guys like Jochen Hesch and mm-hmm. um some like really solid uh or solid german and north american players I think Greg Glenn metropolit was on that team too so um yeah, so then uh, finished that year, and um, that past summer, the summer before that, I also was get got some calls from a team in Austria, so this team in Austria was still interested, and um, decided to go there, and um, Austria is, you know, beautiful, like, looks like a, inside of a, you know, something, a screensaver that you'd see on your computer, you know, and um, so went there, there and um, you know we kind of started off slow but ended up picking it up towards the end and um, finished strong and I got to play with like a bunch of really great guys Um, great uh, great experience overall there on that team Um, and then um, that that summer I was kind of waiting to see what was going to happen and I got a call from Peter Dreisaitl, Leon's dad, and Peter was, uh, coaching in, in, Czech Republic that year and was signed to coach. Um, so I ended up signing with him and going to, uh, part of Um, and we only had like four or five imports. Um, and we started off like really kind of, you know, struggling to, struggling to make some wins in the beginning and Peter ended up getting fired. So we were left with like, uh, our our general manager decided that he was going to be the head coach also and this guy never played hockey so he came out he would literally come on the ice you get out there for practice he'd come on the ice he'd yell at us in check I don't even know what he was saying he'd yell at everyone and then he'd get off the ice and then our assistant coach would just run the whole practice and <laughs> um, without without really any any like uh, idea of what we were trying to do you know so yeah. Our leadership group, which was, you know, made up of like Peter Sikora and Thomas Rolonek, um, you know, kind of ran the team. So, um, you know, it was a little bit uh, dicey there for uh, a month or two, but we kind of figured it out. And, um, you know, we still kind of we still we struggled that year, too, you know, like just we're missing um, the depth that we needed um, to, you know, win games consistently. So uh, we ended up playing in this thing. It's called it's like a relegation, where you have to play against top two teams from the bottom from the second league to, to keep your to keep your spot. So these games were like game seven of the Stanley Cup final. Like every every game, you know, like packed rinks and everyone's really all fired up. Um, so that was a lot of fun atmosphere to play in, you know, played against and with some awesome guys and had a good season personally, statistically. Um, And then uh, that summer I was getting some calls from uh, different KHL teams, you know, interested and ended up going with uh, uh, Mike Polino was the assistant coach of, um, of Magnitogorsk. And um, so ended up taking that one, that opportunity to go there and, you know, had nothing, have nothing but great things to say about Magni as a team and organization. It's awesome. You know, just unfortunately um, they had had a defenseman there, Chris Lee, that um, had decided he was going to try to play in the NHL and then decided to come back like midway through the year. So um, that being, that happening um, kind of pushed me, you know, out a little bit and they ended up trading me for Wojtek Wolski to Kunlun to China. So I finished the season there in China playing for Bobby Carpenter after uh, after Mike Keenan um, departed. So um, you know we uh, we packed all our stuff, flew from from Russia to China and finished the season in Shanghai. And uh, yeah, just a wild year. You know, like we ended up flying all the way around the world. We flew from like North America, you know, across. And then when we came back. Um, you know, flew across the opposite way. So just uh, a really uh, interesting season, that's for sure. Um, so, and then after that, played in Br- Bratislava for a bit, but, you know, just our, our budget wasn't very big and we struggled out of the gates. And uh, I think like almost every import on the team got released or transferred or something, you know? So I ended up signing and back in Czech that year in Bruno. Um and, um, you know, where we had Thomas Bucan, it's Marty E. Rat, Peter Mueller, like some solid, solid players. Yeah. Um, and, you know, played there for a bit. And then, um, my old team part of B say kind of wanted me back. So they contacted me and were like, you know, is there any chance you'd want to come back? You know? So I went back and, um, and, you know, really enjoyed being back there and playing there and uh, finished the season there. Um, and then, um, yeah, we had a, we had a, you know, a ton of awesome experiences, got to see and do tons of amazing things, and, um, you know, I wish I could, you know, play another 10 years in Europe, to be honest with you, because it's uh, a lot
0: of fun, you know. Yeah, that, that that's unreal, and, like, you just experienced a lot, especially, like, that first year when you got there, and you had to run those, those stairs out the mountains, at least, at least your owner didn't make you go back down, and then run it, run it again after he brought you from the helicopter. yeah, yeah, <laughs> Yeah, but you you experienced a lot of like great great sites, great like countries and everything. So like, what probably was your favorite country that you visited over there? Um.
1: Yeah, I, I think uh, I think most people would say that Prague is a pretty awesome place and city to to visit. So really, we really loved uh, you know going to Prague and spending time in Prague when we had free time and it was close to part of East Bay. So. Um, That was awesome. And then uh, also Moscow, Moscow and St. Petersburg are both like just just top-notch cities, you know, really cool. And yeah. a lot to see historical, you know, just there's multicultural, just super interesting, you know. Um, and um, yeah, I would just say even like living in Germany and Austria and, and Norway, just, you know, the mountains and the fresh air and um, being able to like just be a part of that culture and, and take, take in everything that they, uh, the way that they live, they live and do things was a really awesome experience
0: for sure. Yeah. So coming from North America, like what was like the most like culture shock that you've been, like what, what was the, like the hardest transition for you going from North America over to Europe?
1: Um, I don't think like living wise, it was that, that difficult. The hardest part, I think for me was the, the, the hockey part in some ways where, my first year we played in an NHL size rink. So the team was, it was kind of like an easy transition. And then, um, the, the next years after that, when I went to Germany, Austria, Czech, Russia, all of the teams had Olympic size rinks. So me as a defenseman, it kind of changes your perspective on how you can defend and like what skills you need to have. And it's a lot of skating. It's a lot of, uh, um, you know, being able to take away time and space with your feet versus, you know, just having the luxury of the dimensions being smaller, just the forwards don't have as much space where there they have an extra three, four, five feet um, to make plays. Um, It was just about, you know, in the summer spending time working um, on my skating, working on my quickness and um, just uh, trying to think and understand the game the same way that they do.
0: Yeah. So how long did it take you to transition or like feel at least comfortable where where you could actually perform and everything from the the start of going into Europe or into the European style hockey?
1: Yeah, I would say that year in Germany was for me like kind of the year where I learned a lot and, um, you know, just kind of day to day what the expectations are because we had a Czech coach, right? So he uh, had, you know, that kind of Eastern European mentality when it came to practice, training, um, you know, which is a little bit different than your traditional, you know, North American style. So, um, yeah, just kind of committing to um, just kind of get better every day and, you know, practicing and enjoying practice was uh, was was a big part of it, you know, because there they play less games and they practice more. So you're spending more time um, doing that where. Some guys, you know, prefer to play more games and practice less. But um, over there, it's just a part of it. So, um, But it definitely made me a stronger player and
0: a stronger, you know, just overall person, without a doubt. Yeah, a- absolutely. And, like, when you were over in Norway, you did end up winning the championship there. So what was, what was that year like, just being able to win a championship?
1: Yeah, it was awesome. You know, like, we had some um, really good leaders and guys that had, you know, won before or competed at high levels, so um, you know everyone kind of pushed each other, but it was in like in a healthy way. And yeah. um, there was just a lot of uh, just a lot of speed and skill. Like we just you know we just came out you know hungry every game and ready to ready to score goals and just you know
0: make it hard on teams to play against. Yeah, absolutely. So then after your trip overseas in Europe, you then came back to North America and played for. Kedrick Dynamo, of the CRL, the Florida Everblades in the coast, and then you went over to, uh, over back to the Czech Czech Republic League, so, like, what was it like coming back to North America, and, like, what made you come back?
1: Yeah, um, I came back just because, uh, you know, I was waiting to see, like, what the market was going to be like, and um, so I ended up playing those games for um, the team, that you said, Kedrick, just because a buddy of mine um, played there, and, And it's an all French league, it's all French Canadian guys. So I was probably one of the first Americans ever to play there. If, if only, I don't even know, but (laughs) super cool experience, great people, you know, it was just kind of just to keep my feet moving. And then, um, I had the, I, you know, we'd spent a lot of time in the off season in Florida. So, um, I was friends with the coaches in Florida and, you know, the opportunity just came up, I gave them a call and they said, you know, like, yeah, we'd love to have you, um, so you know went there and actually got to play I didn't get to play with him because he got hurt but my old deep partner from college also was playing there and um but he had he had an injury and unfortunately we weren't able to actually get on the ice together
0: yeah
1: but um yeah it was cool to to, at least for a little bit you know be back in the locker room and and uh, around together with him um but, yeah, then, um, you know, an opportunity in Europe opened up and I ended up going over there. And, unfortunately, our season was canceled because of COVID. So, um, you know, that's just uh, what 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 ended up happening there. And uh, and then, um, yeah,
0: ended up back here in Norfolk. Yeah, so then you go back after that year in Florida. You took, a, you took a year off that next year due to the pandemic season. And then you came back to Norfolk. So, like, how excited were you? to come back to Norfolk and like get things going again, since it is a special place in your heart.
1: Yeah, I was definitely pumped. Like, um, you know, being here in the past and then um, coming back years later, um, you know, it was, it was kind of a interesting feeling, you know, like it's familiar, but new faces and uh, new teammates and, you know, I'm uh, quite a bit older from the time I was there. So, um, but yeah, you know, living and being here and having those experiences and then that, Past and that history was uh, is awesome and you know um, Norfolk has a rich hockey history and um, I was able to see some of that when I was you know was here or played played against the team you know when they had John Cooper and um, all those guys in Tampa that went on to you know play for to still play for Tampa and are successful and playing the NHL so um, yeah that's kind of um, what we're working on now and. Um, you know, it's super pump, super fun to still be in part of the game and be able to um, share my experiences with our younger guys.
0: Yeah, a- absolutely. So how like how you're saying like that you love sharing the experiences with the younger guys, like how important is it for you to since you're that veteran guy to just help the younger guys just teach, teach them the, the game and teach them to keep loving the game, especially like when things go things get crazy in the coast in the minor in the minor leagues. Yeah, no,
1: they do, but I mean, you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, you just kind of keep it in perspective of what your goals are and, um, what you're trying to accomplish. And, um, you know, everyone's, uh, path and hockey is different. Um, so just kind of enjoying each day and, um, trying to make the most of it and, um, learning as you go, um, is really, uh, really the most important thing. Um, and just kind of, you know, just continuing to work on your craft.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that that that's awesome, especially being like that guy to teach everyone everything like that. Like that's that's the most important part. And like that's awesome that you're doing that. But uh, how how is this season going? Like you're like almost a month, a month, month and a half in, or a month into the season. So like how's how's everything going with the team? How's how are you doing overall at individually and how's everything going?
1: Yeah. Um, you know, we have a new group of guys, we have some returners, um, a few guys that are sent down from the American league right now. And, uh, so, you know, we've just been trying to gel and just build that chemistry. Um, you know, we've had some, um, you know, we're one in five, but we've had some tighter games where we could have won. And, um, I think it's just going to come down to, you know, just us paying attention to the details as a group and, um, just working together. Um, and then, uh, you know, just building as we go throughout the season, um, what makes us successful and finding our game and everyone uh, just working together towards that. Um, So, but yeah, personally, you know, I had a good summer of training, so it was nice to actually, you know, the last couple of years where we have COVID and not really sure what's going to go on, at least this year, it was easy to um, kind of schedule like what where I wanted to be physically at different points of the summer with my trainer and um just you know be able to to stick to that to that plan and um yeah I'm super pumped about being back on the ice and uh and competing and um you know hopefully we can um get think get a lot of wins this year and um, make a make a run for the playoffs
0: yeah a- absolutely it's only only the beginning of the season so you still got Another five, five, six months of the season before playoffs. So just gotta, we're just gotta keep, keep grinding, and keep, keep uh trying to win those games. No doubt, that's right. Yeah, and like I, always, I always have to ask guys that play with Norfolk or uh, like these, like, is it Norfolk or Norfolk? Because I've gotten like 50-50 on everyone that I've that I've asked.
1: Yeah, most of the people here are kind of like um, they have a some of the people that are the locals here have a little bit of a Southern flair to the way that they they talk, you know, like you'll hear y'all a lot. Yeah. Um, so I you know a lot of people say Norfolk that are here. Um, and then I, I would say a lot of just people passing through or,
0: um, you know, your generic answer is Norfolk. So. Yeah, Cause I've, I've asked, cause I've had Kale Morris on the podcast, Dylan Wells, he played with you guys last year and i've had uh michael bullion and now now you and like i train over the summer with joe widmar and it's all been 50 50 of just norfolk or norfolk okay okay yeah yeah that's right yeah it's definitely uh definitely an interesting topic to come when i when i get norfolk guys on definitely for sure yeah but uh i have a few more questions for you before we wrap things up here so uh, you have your own development hockey program it's like what made you start doing development stuff and help the next generation of hockey players
1: yeah I was lucky enough to as a kid um you know the players that I was growing grew up with um we were really we were close to the Canadian border and there was this coach in St. Catharines named Daryl Belfry at the time and he was just like a you know I think he was maybe like 22 years old you know and a young kid and uh one of our parents one of the the dads um had found him and Um, you know, so they, we started, they started taking our group of kids up to work with them. And, uh, you know, he had some really kind of unique ways of, uh, training and was really, you know, all about, you know, being playing with skill and, and pace and, um, adding little elements to your game. And some of the things that you see now where guys are, you know, skating with crossovers, using Mohawks, um, you know, doing different deception moves. Whereas in the past, like it was, you know, you're, you know, we had a, you know, the red line, the red line was still in effect. So you had, you know, you're, you're watching guys like Darian Hatcher and Scott Stevens and this kind of hockey where the evolution of the game has become obviously much more fast and skilled. And um, within that time, the neutral zone opened up. And um, so, um, you know, lucky enough to work with Daryl and still, you know, still in friends with him to till today. Um, and, uh, we also had, you know, guys like Pat Kane, you know, around too, um, when I was a kid. So, um, you know, I just think that the culture in Buffalo at the time was, you know, about, you know, getting better and we all kind of pushed each other, um, to get to, to get to the levels that we got to. And, um, Daryl was a big part of that. And then also, you know, other coaches that I, I was, uh, I was like, Enough to work with um, throughout the years um, playing and seeing um, how Europeans you know practice and how they they structure their development plans so um, just kind of taking all those different aspects into consideration um, was kind of what led me to start my own my own company and um, work with players.
0: Yeah so how how is it working with working with like the young players that you do and like how far youth hockey has come maybe since like you and I played youth hockey until now until like where it's at now
1: yeah it's come a long way you know um, now you got so many different um, tools that you can use um, to become a better hockey player you know you see you have guys that have YouTube channels and um, different things that you can sign up for Um, and then you know development coaches skating coaches you know, all, everything, and, everything and everything in between, you know, so um, it's just kind of um, picking it, picking out what is the right um, avenue for you and what works best for you. Um, and then um, kind of developing a plan that, um, you know, that you can work on those skills um, and implement them into your game. And then just continuing to add different elements to your game that are gonna just make you more um, more, more uh, just a better player overall. Um, so, um, definitely really enjoy doing that and, um, and, and really love to see the, you know, the success that the players that I work with have, um, and just being able to, to be a resource and a mentor to, uh, to the players. Um, I think that, um, a lot of times, you know, players look for their coaches, their team coaches to kind of be the one to lead the way. And, um, you know, when you're a team coach, a lot of the things that you're focused on are team aspects, um, structural things and systematic play. Whereas as an individual, you know, everyone has a different skill set. So that's where you need to understand the type of player you are and what makes you special.
0: Yeah. And like, it's amazing how far the game has come, especially with like all the different resources and everything. Like you, like there's literally a development coach for literally every aspect of the game now. And then you could also go on YouTube and search up like how to do this, how to do that. And like, is at your fingertips? So it's crazy how far the, the game has grown, how quick the game like keeps it keeps adapting or keep keeps adjusting, keep and every, everything keeps adapting to everything that's going on within the world. Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. It's great to see though, you know, uh, yeah, the speed and skill that the players possess today is, uh, is amazing. And, um, you know, it's, uh, it's great to see the way that they, uh, process the game and um how at such a young age these guys are able to step in and you know have an effect and be successful at the NHL level
0: yeah absolutely and like just using all your professional experience so far and like your coaching experience like what are some tips for players looking to get to that next level like what tips would you what tips and advice would you give them
1: yeah I would say the biggest thing is um you know being able to play with the puck, you know, being able to just do basic, um, you know, skills where puck protection is a huge thing now. Understanding, you know, the traditional, if you're a defenseman, you just stand at the blue line, if you're a forward, you play down low, where not everyone is able to move and play together. Yeah. Um, so I would encourage, you know, defensemen to, if you're a defensive defenseman or you're a guy that maybe doesn't you know, put up a lot of points that just to continue to develop those skills. Um, and as a forward to, you know, like there's always so many different things that you can get better at. Um, and maybe it's just a shift in mindset in different situations, but um, just to continue to uh, just to continue to, to look for different things that are going to make you better. If that's nutrition, if that's, you know, mental, a mental approach, if that's um, working more on your shooting or passing or stick handling. Um, but yeah, just getting on the ice as much as you can and, and trying to be mindful of when you are on the ice, um, that you're, that that's an important time
0: and just to make the most of it. Yeah, that, those are some great tips and advice for everyone. So that, I think that's a great place to end this episode. So uh, Nick, thank you so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate your time and I look forward to following your career the rest of the way. Thanks so much
1: for having me. Really appreciate it.
0: <laughs> yeah, no problem.